Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation station, Manx Radio. We finished MyTunes 2022 with a lovely man called Adrian Cowan, who played the guitar, plays the guitar, he acts. I think he dances as well. However, I thought we'd start this year's My Tunes with Adrian Cowan, who doesn't yet dance and act, hasn't yet played the guitar, but knows an awful lot about the weather. Adrian Cowan, Met Office, welcome to My Tunes. Oh, thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure that uh, I'm your first guest of the year. Looking forward to uh, having a chat and talk about some of the tunes that made. Uh, special moments for me. Well, that, we've got a great choice. I've had a little look, and they're, they're all absolute crackers. The Met Office. So many things to talk about. Now, you're the boss down there. Mm-hmm. What's your official title? Let me get that right. Senior Meteorological Officer. Thank you. That'll do nicely. This weather. <laughs> a lot of people, uh, in the last week even, as we started the new year, were looking at uh, temperatures across Europe, saying it's ridiculously warm for this time of year, and here, there, and everywhere. Have you noticed changes? Because we'll talk about your longevity at the Met Office <laughs> a little later, but have you noticed changes since you took office? Absolutely. I have. Um, so, you know, I started uh, work in the Met Office in 1983 as part of the team that take the continuous measurements ever since, every day, every night, including over every Christmas day uh, for the last 40 years. So you build up a feel for the weather on the Isle of Man in particular. Uh, but all those measurements are statistics, the climate of the Isle of Man. And we can make those comparisons decade upon decade and see what the differences are. And uh, I've certainly noticed the difference, but our statistics also show the differences Mm. that we've had since the mid-1980s right up until the present day. And although there's an awful lot of talk about the climate uh, change and the warming of the planet overall, one thing a lot of people also talk about is the extremes Mm. in either direction, that we seem to get more extremes. Well, indeed, that seems to be the case as well, as well as the um, every month seem to be nearly a record breaker in terms of having warmer temperatures at night and during the day. We are seeing a slight increase in the extreme events, and not only the frequency of the extreme events, but uh, more extreme than previously measured. On the Isle of Man, how does that equate? Well, that mostly it's the temperature records that we've been breaking. The, the nighttime ones, the day, the daily ones, the monthly and the annual ones as well recently. Um, but we have seen perhaps a slight increase in the storminess in the Irish Sea. And that manifests itself sometimes, especially when we get a high tide at the same time. And we have an increased number of occasions where we have some coastal overtopping. Yeah, we, well, we've certainly noticed it here at Manx Radio because obviously we report it. <laughs> you send us the information and it does seem to be the case. Well, who knows where it's going? Who knows where it'll take us? I mean, are you optimistic that we can sort it or not? I'm fairly optimistic and um, I'm sort of half glass full about the opportunities for the population of the Isle of Man and other populations to adapt. It's going to take a fair bit of effort, national and international. The challenges are there as a population, but specifically for decision makers, politicians, to look at the resource, and that resource might manifest itself in investment in infrastructure, in scientists, in engineers, as we recognise what mitigations need to be taken to protect people and protect populations 
and protect everything that we love about life, having a safe place to live, food security, transport, and other parts of infrastructure. So the challenges are there, but I'm optimistic. Mankind, especially the Isle of Man, can rise to the challenge. Well, I love a glass half full. We, we all need a glass half full. Now, born here in the Isle of Man, Castletown boy, Castletown boy, if you prefer. So when I got the list of records that you sent me through, I thought I'm going to be very careful with the first one because we're, we're all known on the Isle of Man for our superstitions. <laughs> so when I saw this record, I thought, well, I'll let you talk about it and see, see how you describe the band. Talk <laughs> us through your first choice. Well, I did have some trepidation about describing the uh, the band, but I thought, you know what, at my age I can go for it and maybe get away with it as well. So instead of talking about long tails, I decided I can talk about Boomtown Rats. There you go. I'll whistle for them. There you go. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was the start of an exciting decade. Um, the Boomtown Rats were on the scene. I was done my A-levels and I was heading away uh, full of confidence as a young man to start taking things further with education, qualifications, and hopefully a job to give me loads of money. And uh, I'd come out of the era in the 70s where it was a combination mishmash that I could cope with as a teenager of glam rock or punk rock and other things. And then all of a sudden, I was having a bit more sense about music I liked. And Boomtown Rats was one of the first that ticked the box because I went to see them at Leeds University. And bizarrely enough, in those days, it was a double act and it was a, a juxtaposition that was bizarre. It was China Crisis. Wow. Followed by Boomtown Rats. Um, but the, the, the iconic track from the Boomtown Rats that I've chosen is I Don't Like Mondays. Shoot. Ooh, 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 
Welcome to My Tunes with my guest, Adrian Cowan, the Met Man. We've done the other one. Apparently, though, there are others on the Isle of Man. I've been told there might be four of you. Indeed, I was aware of uh, at least two <laughs> other Adrian Cowans, and it's quite funny over the years I've had various phone calls and emails coming into me, but not for me. Not for you at and all. And somebody asking me to take photographs, and I thought, well, I do take photographs, but I'm not a professional. Yeah. No, that was meant to be the other Adrian Cowan. Yeah. Um, I have had uh, calls for me to come and uh, take part in a, a show or to play some music, and I thought, no, I don't do those things. <laughs> um, and he also, was on last year, oh, that one. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, we have exchanged emails, <laughs> or swapped emails, I yeah. should say. And there was another uh, Adrian Cowan who, who was working for a while for the post office, but then he was working up at Nobles Hospital. And I've lost track as to... Which Adrian Cowan is which? Well, I think there are four. If, if you're listening to this and you're the fifth, let <laughs> me know. Now, yesterday you mentioned getting off the island and heading off to Preston, to, to the Polly, as it was yes. then. Uh, was that your first big trip away from the Isle of Man, or had you done any travelling before that? That was my first big trip. Um, in the, the years uh, leading up to that, I'd done plenty of small trips because one of my... Um, things when I was younger at school was uh, athletics and I represented uh, the Isle of Man uh, schools at the English schools championships so I'd done little trips of a day or two to uh, championships in in England Uh, but my my big adventure for a young man was to head off to Preston Polytechnic and to study applied physics. Which led you into uh, the weather? It did eventually in a a roundabout route Um, at the end of that course um, which went very well, very enjoyable. I did try to uh, get in as an engineering officer with the Royal Air Force. Um, I was not selected. I came back to the Isle of Man, where two good-looking jobs turned up at the, as I arrived back on the Isle of Man. One was a trainee computer programmer, Isle of Man government, and another one was a Met Observer at Isle of Man Airport. I put in for both jobs, and I had the interviews for both jobs on the same day. And the first interview was at the airport, and they said, if you were successful today, we would notice you've got another interview this afternoon. Which job would you take? Well, I thought, I'd better go for this. I said, I'd love this job, please. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest is history. It was the right decision. As you say, 40 years. 
as a forecaster. Now, presumably, when you started with your um, the qualifications, you then had to do extra training in, in uh, the weather. Absolutely, yes, because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of aspects to be taught and uh, experienced. You know, every day is different, as we know, in the Isle of Man, and indeed every month, every year. So after a few years, I had the opportunity to formalise that training further by going to the UK Met Office College, Shinfield, uh, near Reading, uh, to do uh, the formal course to become uh, a qualified forecaster. And uh, that, that's when uh, things really took off in the mid-1980s. Yeah. Now, the weather here is variable, and we get an awful lot of different sorts of weather on the Isle of Man. How does it stand in, say, conjunction with somewhere in Europe or America or a bigger landmass? How easy or difficult is it to forecast the weather here compared to being, say, stuck in the middle of Europe? In many ways, it's more difficult because we're such a small target in, in comparison to the size of the atmosphere and the weather systems. So if you are in a big country, um, you can talk about um, the far west and the far north and, and the variations, um, and you're probably going to blag it with the public yeah. with the forecast. <laughs> the Isle of Man, of course, is a small lump of rock in the middle of the Irish Sea, and the Irish Sea itself is surrounded by other larger land masses. And that modifies all the weather systems that are coming towards us. And that's not very well modelled by the computers. So you have to build up a, a local experience to explain the differences between the, the south, the north, uh, and the west and the east of the Isle of Man. And not to mention the change in elevation from, from sea level right up to the mountain road. Yeah, of course. And we've become very um, experienced and more expert in those local variations over the years uh, which is very handy because we get uh, great demand during the uh, uh, TT period when we're expected to know all the details. Yeah, will it rain in Glen Helen or just somewhere on the Salby Strait? Because <laughs> that's the sort of specifics they're looking at. Indeed. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Let's have your second track. It's a great track for a weatherman. Well, absolutely. And, and the background to this is not only is it a nice, jolly track, uh, I actually enjoy the music generally from this band, the Electric Light Orchestra. But the, the link to Manx Radio on this one is quite an amusing one. And I know you, you recently talked to a, a colleague, Stu Lowe. Yes. Well, Stu Lowe did start this calling up the Met Office in his early morning show, down the telephone for the weather forecast each day, rather than just reading a script that had been yeah. sent over. And that worked very well and, um, and, and went on from strength to strength. But it always amused me that Stu Lowe was very predictable in himself and his music choice. And one of his most predictables, especially for his Saturday morning slot, every Saturday morning he would play this song from the ELO and it's Mr Blue Sky. Please tell us why you had to hide away for 
My guest all this week, our first MyTunes of 2023, is Adrian Cowan from the Met Office. Now, other Adrian Cowans are out there. In fact, we spoke to one last year. We may speak to more later this year. But for now, it's Adrian Cowan, our senior Met man from Ronaldsway. Um, let's go away from the weather a bit, Adrian, and talk about Castle Russian High School. You went there as a lad, didn't you? Well, absolutely. Yes, I'm a Castletown boy, so yeah. I did go to Victoria Road Primary School and then yeah. Castle Russian High School. And because later, much will spool forward a few years, you became chair of governors down there. Yes, indeed. Quite a job. Yeah, quite a job. Um, I got into that position, um, like many of us do, um, various experiences and interactions. Firstly, at Arbury Primary School, believe it or not, when my young son, Adam, went there and they were looking for a parent governor. So I put myself forward as a, a member of the community who wanted to give something back. So there we are. I ended up being parent governor at Arbury Primary School. And so we went through those six years. And you can only do up to six years as a governor before you step down for a while or step away completely. And so go into the following September. And my son joins Castle Russian High School. And lo and behold, they're looking for volunteers to step forward, put themselves forward to be a parent governor. So, of course, quite a few people prodded me in the ribs and said, you can do that, you can do that, yeah, have yeah. another go. So I put my name forward, there was a mini-election, and lo and behold, I was put in as parent governor at Castle Russian High School. But it went on from that. When my son left after uh, achieving his A-levels, there was a gap, and uh, a short gap. Afterwards, I received a letter from the chair of governors. We would like you to be uh, consider coming forward as a co-opted governor would you be interested because you've had experience you've got some training and i said i said yes again yeah, yeah. it's one thing i'm like i, I, I <laughs> nearly <laughs> always say yes and so then i went back to castle Russian high school as co-opted governor went through that period again they decided in their wisdom they they like my input and experience and they asked me yet again and on that occasion that rotation they thought well you know what you've been here so long We'd like you to be chairman. Yeah. <laughs> there and, we go. And you were, and again, it's a maximum of six years, but you did it in sections. Yes. So you didn't do it all in one stretch. Not in all in one stretch, no. You're, you're required to step away and take a break from it and quite rightly give other people an opportunity to have some valuable input. But yes, as I say, it, it came back, eventually came back to me again. And I, um, I, I'm quite happy because I did have some training uh, experience. I enjoyed my time adding input and adding value and helping the school make some of their strategic decisions. Well, it's going to be an interesting next few years for the school, isn't it? Hopefully there will be, and we hope we'll both see it, a new school on that site at some stage. <laughs> I absolutely hope so. And the first time some plans came across the desk when I was a, a school governor there was uh, in the off the order of 12 years ago. Yeah. And it's been through various stages, as we know, through the departments and to the government. And uh, we're nearly there now, is my sense. Mm. Um, and not much longer to go before we see a new Castle Russian High School. And indeed, should I say, I also feel that it'd be worthwhile having a new uh, Southern Swimming Pool associated yeah. with that Castle Russian High School. An awful lot of people who'd contact the man in line would be cheering at the radio now. Let's have your third choice, Wednesday's choice. What have we got? This was partly related to um, the fact that I liked this artist, but mainly because uh, one of my hobbies in my early career at the airport and at home was doing a bit of uh, video editing. And how does this link in? I was asked to do a, a video, a promo video for the airport, 
for careers. So I was part of a little team that went along to a careers convention at the Villa Marina. But to support that, they wanted a, a video to go with it to highlight the jobs, some of the jobs at the airport. So yeah, got the camera out. I did a bit of videoing around the Met Office, up in the control tower of our air traffic colleagues, down at the fire station, which was fun. I even got to take a video from um, out of the top window of one of the airport fire engines going down the runway. And finally, as a coincidence that year, the Red Arrows were visiting at that time of the year. And uh, they did a bit of a mini air show over the airfield. I know they do other locations yeah. in Killingdorf, but we over the airfield. So I got out there on the control tower with my video camera, uh, filmed the Red Arrows. So I had enough footage to put together, edit together these five or six minutes. And I thought, it's a bit boring without a soundtrack. And I thought, what hits the, the mark at the time? And I thought, Tina does. Tina Turner, the best.
40 years with a lot more than a handful of seaweed and a, and a gaze across the horizon. Adrian Cowan has been looking after the weather for us down at Ronald's Way and he's my guest on my tunes all this week. 40 years and this is the last one of them, Adrian. Yes, I'm afraid all good things come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a number of colleagues um, have heard me talk about I, I do need to go next year. And next year is now this year. Yeah. And uh, after 40 years in the civil service um, and at the, all that at the airport, uh, I think it's time for me to pass on the baton and uh, I shall go off into the sunset and do other things. Well, let's talk about other things. Because when we were chatting over a cup of tea before we sat down in here, I said, uh, music, do you play anything? No. And then we talked about this, talked about that. You like you like cycling, you like walking, which you're doing anyway, and you, you like doing lots of web work. Well, you carry on that. And then I just said, what about drama? And you gave me a rather quizzical look, as yeah. if maybe that could be on the horizon. Absolutely. Um, and now's the opportunity, yeah. and I'll have more time of my my hands. It's something I've thought about for for more than a decade, I've been inspired by going to various local shows and I, I admire the performances, both musical and dramatical, on the Isle of Man. Now, the musical bit's not for me, I know uh. that. But the dramatical bit, I thought, you know what? Given a bit of leeway and an opportunity, I could do some of that. Start small, see if I like it, see if they like me, especially the audience. And if they do, do a bit mm. more. And um, so that's a possibility. And, and uh, you know, I've got a few contacts who I could sort of go along to and maybe just go along to one of the reading sessions. Definitely. Like the, the service players or something. Some, I was going to say, yeah. well, I, I've dabbled with the service players. Oh. And they're, they're a lovely bunch. Oh, good. And, and once you get past your 40s and 50s, there's often some very nice little roles for people of a certain age <laughs> who don't have to remember a hundred pages of words but maybe a nice little part when they need an older person to make it work <laughs> and i'm thinking you might find something with the the, the legion players service players or whatever yeah i yeah. hope we meet up at a, re so, a play Mark. reading i, I have got a recollection of seeing you in one or two productions um, well, yeah. on stage there. I, 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 I couldn't possibly. Uh, yeah, the Major was my favourite <laughs> in Faulty Towers. I enjoyed being here. You see, that's that what a, I mean, an older man, you it see. It was marvellous. Uh, that was a great uh, production, by the way, in yourself. And well, Beth we had a lot of fun with that. Beth was in that one. She was oh, yes. And, uh, yes, she, she, she I, was I, I recall where Howard Kane was in that as well. It was Manuel. And, and who else did we Well, Carl Bovenizer, who was the vet here, he's I think he lives in Ireland now. Right. He, I mean, he was so physical as well as John Cleese mm -hmm. as Faulty. <laughs> he was just wonderful. No, some great memories. There's great but, things. And another Manx Radio colleague who I used to enjoy talking to, uh, Bob Harrison. Well, he, you Bob see, he carries Bob. on. I watch this space. I think there's a revival of the Full Monty coming up. <laughs> and you will see his bottom one more time. On the, <laughs> Bob, if I've dropped you in it, sorry. But uh, never say never, Adrian. Yeah, okay. Well, it's been a cracking week, and I do hope that dramatic side of the view is, is seen before too long. Let's talk about this last band. What a band to finish the week on. Well, yes, indeed. Um, you know, this is that magical decade or so that I enjoyed in my early career. Um, and the music that was around that 
And this this band and the individual um, who went on to, um, from this band are, are, are iconic to this very day, and they've spanned the decades marvelously. So you know, not only were I talking about Freddie Mercury, but Queen themselves. And this particular track came from a, an album that was done to support a movie, and the movie in question was Highlander. And far better than the previous tracks that they'd attempted to do for the movie that was Flash Gordon. This movie, The Highlander, had some great songs in it, great lyrics, great music. And the one I've chosen is A Kind of Magic. Well, thank you for a cracking week. Thank you for coming in. All the best for the future. And it's been a pleasure to meet the second Adrian Kind on this show. There may be more to come. Adrian, thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. A kind of magic One dream One soul One prize One gold One golden glance Of what should be It's a kind of magic One shaft of light That shows the way
Adrian, thank you for some great music and a great catch-up. Adrian Cowan from the Met Office, my guest on my tunes this week. I'm Mark Tiley. Don't forget to join me for the morning show, the Shaw Morning Show, if you can, 9.30 to 12. And keep coming back here to manxradio.com where we have more podcasts arriving every single day.